Yes, I'm John Parker. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. I'm one of the congregation here at St. James. I'm also a structural engineer. And uh, one of the first things I did to prepare for my engineering career um, was to take double maths at school. Uh, maths A-level, further maths A-level. I even did a maths S-level. I did like maths. I still like maths. Um, we had four maths teachers for further maths. Um, we had Miss Wimpany, she did applied maths. We had Mr. Copping, who did set theory, which none of us understood. Uh, we had someone whose name I've forgotten, I'm afraid, for calculus. And we had Mr. Bishop for statistics. And we liked Mr. Bishop best. He was cool, he was South African. He'd left South Africa because he wouldn't live under apartheid. He had a lot of black curly hair, and he played bass guitar in the school band. And he told us there wasn't much in the syllabus for statistics, so we wouldn't need to work hard in his lessons. Until the last term. At that point, Mr. Bishop returned to the syllabus, and he found there was more in it than he'd thought. He had to rethink what we were going to cover, and he had to reactivate a lot of his statistical knowledge and actively cram it into the heads of the double maths group in double quick time. Why am I telling you that? Well, we're looking at Malachi at the gathering and return, rethink, reactivate is this week's message from Malachi. Return to the Lord. Rethink. Believe what God actually says about himself and reactivate our faith so we actively do God's will. And then Malachi says, will be his treasured possession. Now, I can't think of anything better than being God's treasured possession. So let's hear what Malachi has to say. Or rather, let's hear what God, the Lord, the Lord Almighty has to say. I'm about to read 19 verses from Malachi, and in those verses he uses God's names a total of 23 times. I've counted them. So please turn with me to the word of God, the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Malachi, chapter 2, verse 17. It's on page 961 in these Red Church Bibles you can find in the chairs. So Malachi, chapter 2, verse 17. You've wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he's pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? I will send my messenger who will pray, prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness 
And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. So I'll come to put you on trial. I'll be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and haven't kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You've spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You've said, it's futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, you do a wonderful thing by speaking to us through your word in the Bible. We thank you so much that it's up to date and relevant for us, despite being written so long ago. We thank you for this passage and how it shows us that we can become your treasured possession. We pray that you'll send your Holy Spirit on each one of us this evening to teach us and captivate us and refine us and purify us and direct us to Jesus. Amen. Well, in that passage, you might have noted there's a kind of repeating pattern The Lord makes a statement, the people ask a question, the Lord answers, and then he makes a promise to them. So in the last verse of chapter 2, the Lord's statement is, you've wearied the Lord with your words. And the people ask, how? And the Lord answers by saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. And then he promises, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. 
get the same pattern in verses 8 to 12, where God's statement is, you rob me. And the people ask, how are we robbing you? They're completely unaware that they've offended God. They actually feel rather offended themselves uh, when God puts these points to them. Anyway, the people ask, how? God answers in tithes and offerings, and he promises amazing blessings if they give what he asks them to give. In verses 6 and 7, the order is different. God starts with a statement again. You've turned away from my decrees, his laws. But this time, the promise comes next. Return to me, and I'll return to you. And then you get the question, how are we to return? This time, there's no answer. The fourth time, verses 13 to 18, there's something extra. The Lord makes his statement, you've spoken arrogantly against me, and the people question him again. What? The Lord answers, telling them what they've said, but this time there's the extra. The people listen. They respond, or at least some of them do. They finally pay attention to the Lord's words through Malachi, and the Lord makes this amazing promise. They will be my treasured possession. Everyone That's what we should want for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, to be the Lord's treasured possession. So let's look a bit harder at the Lord's words through Malachi. Let's start with the question that has no answer. How are we to return? Let's put return up on the screen. At some point. (laughs) Actually, the answer is here. It's not... It's not missing at all. It's here in the Bible. We just need to look for it. We need to know the answer to this question because it's the key, the key to becoming the treasured possession of the Lord Almighty. The people at the end of the chapter return to God and so they become his treasured possession. How do they return? We ask that as well. Malachi tells us they talked with each other, but he doesn't say what they said. But whatever it is, their conversation shows that they fear the Lord and honour his name. They fear the Lord not because he's a tyrant. He's not a tyrant. Not because he'll do something cruel or irrational or unjust. He won't do any of those things. Not because he might punish them for something they haven't done. He won't do that. They fear the Lord because he might punish them for something they have done, because his justice is perfect and any punishment will be what they truly deserve. And they honour his name. They tell the truth about him. In the last verse of chapter 2 and in chapter 3, verse 14, they also talk with each other, but God isn't pleased about what they say. They say, where is the God of justice? as if the Lord Almighty should turn up and do as they say at their bidding. They view God as their servant rather than themselves as his servants. Sometimes we do this. Why doesn't God stop these evildoers now, we say? Why does he let them prosper? And we don't kind of pull back and remember that God is merciful and patient and wants everyone to come to repentance. 
We don't pull further back and remember that God was patient with us and waited for us to come to repentance. Well, the people in verses 16 to 18 have repented. They have returned to the Lord. They've turned around to walk with him, to go in his direction and not theirs, to follow his path and not wander off. And God promises, back in verses 2 to 3, to clean them and refine them and purify them. And if we return to the Lord, he cleans us and refines us and purifies us. Sounds great, doesn't it? Clean, purify, refine, sounds great. It'll hurt. Okay? Malachi talks about launderer's soap. He's not talking about being cleaned up by a splash in the sink or a quick shower. He's saying we need to be cleaned like filthy, dirty clothes. We need to be taken down the laundrette, put in one of those great big machines on a hot wash. It's going to be uncomfortable. Most of us don't do a lot of purifying or refining of silver, I guess. Um, But what happens when you refine silver is you melt the silver and the refiner skims all the dross, the impurity, off the top and throws it away. You can imagine that's very uncomfortable for the silver. Purifying and refining can be very uncomfortable for us. Actually, my favourite thing about that picture is that the refiner knows the silver is pure when he can look in the top and see his face perfectly reflected in the molten metal. When Jesus can see his face in us, he knows we're pure. Sorry, just thinking about that. Um, Anyway, we need to return to the Lord. If we've never been going his way, we need to stop, turn around and follow him. If we kind of went his way once and we've wandered off, again, we need to stop and turn around and follow him. Even faithful Christians know that they follow Jesus a bit like a supermarket trolley. We're always needing to kind of correct our course so that we follow him properly. It can be uncomfortable, but we need to return. Now, I've already told you that Malachi's message is return, rethink, reactivate. So return to God, rethink to make Shall we believe what God has told us about himself? Reactivate our faith to actively do God's will. I'd just like to tell you that they're not kind of three steps to heaven. I'm not saying you need to do all three before God will accept you. God doesn't have a kind of score sheet. Sorry, you've only managed 2.7 out of three. You'll have to try harder. It's not like that. Amazingly, God accepts us as soon as we return to him. We need to know who we're returning to, to God who is love, who made the heavens and the earth, Jesus who's God and man, and died to allow us to return, the Holy Spirit who guides us in truth. We need to know who we're returning to, but as soon as we return, God accepts us. Which is brilliant, because the next things, the rethinking and the reactivating, They're more than a lifetime's work. But they're what we do in response 
in gratitude for what the Lord has done for us. We should want to know more about him and want to obey him better, but please never, ever think, I haven't done enough, because Jesus has done enough. We just need to return to trust him as our Lord and Saviour. So Malachi, or rather the Lord speaking through Malachi, tells us what we need to do in response to God, in gratitude for all he's done for us. He says we need to rethink. There you go. We need to believe what God says about himself in the Bible, not what people say about him. Look at verses 14 and 15. These are lies, in those verses, these are lies that are common today. People tell us it's futile to serve God. And sometimes we think that ourselves, but it's a lie. God made us. He loves us. He saves us. He wants us to be his treasured possession with him forever. How can it be futile to serve him? And what do we gain by carrying out his requirements? That's another lie. I could say that if we carry out God's requirements, we have a better relationship with him. Our families are happier. We become known for our honesty and so on. But really, we don't carry out God's requirements for personal gain. We obey through gratitude for what he's done for us, for the blessings we've already received, for his love, for sending his son. And going about like mourners. That's another lie, that God doesn't want Christians to have fun. What nonsense. I mean, I can remember sitting outside a pub in the sunshine and a friend said she was doing a preaching course. And that week, as part of the training, she had to tell a joke and she didn't know any jokes. So we spent the next hour telling her jokes to use at her preaching course. I don't think I've ever laughed so much as I did in that hour. So rethink. Make sure that what you believe about God is the truth. Make sure that what you believe about God is from his word in the Bible. That's why people who speak from the front here at St. James ask you to keep your Bibles open. We don't mislead you deliberately, but we're all fallible human beings, and God's word is infallible. So as we turn and rethink, next, reactivate. Reactivate. Actively do God's will. Actively obey his commands. Actively avoid sin. Again, this is a response to what God has done for us. Perfection, praise the Lord, is not required. But it is a sign. Our response is a sign of what's going on inside us. If we're not trying to obey God... It's a sign that we still have some returning to do. That supermarket trolley is still going off course. Now Malachi gives us an example of a response here in verses 8 to 12. God reminded his people in the Bible that he'd given them everything he had and he told them to give back to him a tithe, at least a tenth of their income. And they weren't doing it. They weren't doing the minimum. You're robbing me, he says to them. But just look at God's promise. You do the minimum, give me back my tenth, and I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. 
You know when people say, it was the least I could do? Isn't that a funny expression? Someone invites you round for a meal, you take a box of chocolates, they say, thank you, and you say, it was the least I could do. It's like you're saying, this is the smallest possible box of chocolates I thought I could get away with. Well, I hope that's not what you mean. But here, God says, you do the least you can do within the law, and I will bless you so much. He's that kind of God. You do the minimum, I'll do the maximum. Now, Malachi isn't saying, you give God 10%, he'll make you rich. He will bless you, but it could be much later. It could be in ways that are far better than money or possessions. And in Malachi, we're still in the Old Testament. There's only a, only a page to go, but we're still about 400 years before Jesus' first coming. And when he came, he changed things. When he died on the cross, Jesus lifted some of the requirements of the law. So he no longer asks for 10%. Instead, he wants us to be generous. This isn't kind of calculating how much we can afford generous. This is the type of generosity where you share a bar of chocolate with someone you love and you don't count how many squares they eat. I'm going to get into trouble about that later. (laughs) It's generosity as a response. God has already blessed us super generously and we respond generously his blessing. Now there Malachi gives us one example. We need to reactivate in all sorts of ways. Loving our neighbours, caring for people who need our help, being generous with our time, exercising hospitality, telling others about Jesus, and so on. Our love for the Lord, our gratitude to him, our faith, the way we think should spill over into what we do. So return, God accepts us, and then our response is rethink, reactivate. But you have to ask, why does God accept us before we rethink and do everything as we should? Why does he stick with us when we keep wandering off and doing the wrong thing? Well, it's here in Malachi. Now, we have the privilege, which Malachi and his original readers didn't have, We have the privilege of reading the Old Testament through New Testament glasses. Okay, I brought my New Testament glasses. New Testament glasses. We can look back to those days, and it's as if Jesus' life and death are lenses that allow us to see things that weren't clear at the time. So, with our New Testament glasses, We can see that in verses 1 to 4, the Lord Almighty, speaking through Malachi, is talking about Jesus. The Lord you're seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. That's Jesus. And the washing and the refining and the purifying, that's what Jesus does. Amazingly, The offering in righteousness, the offering acceptable to the Lord, is Jesus himself. Although Jesus is already clean, he's washed for us. So God looks at us and sees the cleanliness of Jesus. 
although Jesus is already pure, he's refined, he's purified for us. So God looks at us and sees the purity of Jesus. That's why God accepts us as soon as we return, before our thinking and our actions are perfect. That's the glory of the Christian gospel. So we need to return, and God will welcome us back, and we will be his treasured possession forever. And in response, in gratitude, we rethink and reactivate. Return to the Lord, and he welcomes us back. Rethink and believe what he says about himself. Reactivate our faith so we actually do God's.